just full disclosure. I mean, we got to coach these guys. It is the bye week for Northwestern football, and you're listening to the Daily Northwestern's football podcast coming to you from Northwestern's campus in Evanston, Illinois. I'm Tim Balk, here with Max Schumann. I'm happy to be here. And, and Max Gelman. Just trying to go one and every bye. A couple of Maxes and a Tim. So, Northwestern 2-1 after a 49-7 beatdown at home against Bowling Green under the lights at Ryan Field on Saturday night. Um, I'll start with you, Max. A big turnaround for Northwestern. After. Which Max? That'd be Schumann. Um, Thank you. I appreciate I, it. I, I, we'll, we'll, for the rest of this podcast, we'll go Schumann and Gelman rather than Max. Um, and Max. And Max. Um, <laughs> so, uh, turnaround after the big loss to Duke week two. How much of this win, I think, is the question everybody's asking. How much is this win about Northwestern playing better? How much was it Bowling Green being truly one of the worst teams in college football? I mean, I don't think... It's tough to wipe out entirely what happened in Durham two weeks ago. Um, well... A little over a week. A week and a half ago. Um, but what... The Bowling Green couldn't challenge Northwestern, really, in any facet of the game. They had one drive with some success, and after that, didn't really make any headway offensively and defensively there was no real challenge for Northwestern's offense um it was good to see the team look good if you're a Northwestern fan obviously that's always a good sign but I don't think that it answers every question that there is about the Wildcats was it a good sign that they were playing good that game put me to sleep that's the only issue that with Bowling Green this, being so terrible is that the game was a total snoozer. This win put Gum in a really bad mood. Um, <laughs> it did. Uh, which is just a testament to you know. Gelman's uh, ability to be in a bad mood. Well, we're unbiased here. <laughs> well, that too. We're but. we're an unbiased uh, news organization covering Northwestern football from a. Nonpartisan perspective, of course. Um, Always. So you don't. I I think you've said you don't think that there's much to take away from this one. No, anymore. there's nothing to take away from this game. Bowling Green is really bad. Northwestern is pretty good. I don't know how good we can say they really are because they were playing a team that was so far below their level of play, and there's really like nothing you can look at this and say, or nothing you can take at this when you look at it. And say, oh wow, I really like what they did because we all knew that they were gonna, they were gonna win big. To be fair, none of us, none of Northwestern, none of our uh, football writers and other associated sports staffers and our fearless forecasters chose Northwestern to cover the the twenty-two was, point spread. Yes, yes, none so, of us did that. Right, and they did by a lot. So they exceeded our our expectations going into the game. I'm going to push back against uh, your point, Gilman, in two respects. Um, one, the point that Schumann just made. But also, this is a 42-point win. That's the most Northwestern's beaten any team by in 47 years. Um, 
Who have they played? Also, for a lot of those 47... In 47 years, they've played a lot. Well, <laughs> they played Illinois State last year and lost They were also really, really Illinois bad State. in a lot of those 47 years. Agreed. Like, historically yeah. bad. Like, 32-game losing streak bad, or whatever it was. They were bad at points, but they've also... I mean, they've had some good teams in the, in the Fitz era. They had a that's true. 2015. That's only been 12 of the 47 years. Right, but that's what the, the teams that Northwestern's trying to... The level that Northwestern's trying to reach or perhaps exceed this year. So... In that sense, this is a big win for a team that, you know, lost an FCS team last year and has shown an ability <laughs> to... Never forget, to folks. Never remember. Never forget the Illinois State. No matter the game. quality of the opponent, Northwestern often finds a way to play down to their level. <laughs> they did not do that on Saturday. Is that not a good sign? And also, what I'll, what I'll notice, you, you, you said, they're a, they're a good team. As you, I don't know if you would have said that after the way... After the Duke game, you know, they didn't look very good week one against Nevada. So, I think... Am I making any headway with you? Um, <laughs> they're a... I, I think we all thought going into the season, and I still think this, that they're a good team. Not great team, like some people thought they would be. <coughs> Jonah Dillon. Jonah Dillon, Daily Sports um, Editor. Uh, predicted an 11-1 season... In a Rose Bowl appearance, technically yes. still, still alive on the table. Still on the still table. Alive. Um, but I don't think they're as good as we thought they were because of the Duke loss and the first half against Nevada. And I don't really think you can use the Bowling Green win as a litmus test to say how good they actually are. I will say. So my takeaways from this game were not really associated with Northwestern's overall quality. Um, because after a certain point, Bowling Green just, like, you get down 20 points and you're basically done. Right. Will Bowling Green win a game this year? I'm a big fan of Bowling Green. I've always liked Bowling Green. They've had some good teams. I'm a big fan of Bowling Green. For no particular reason. I have no particular reason. I think it's the logo in Falcon. I think they'll win win a game, yes. You can take it to the bank. My takeaways from my my larger takeaways from this game. I don't think that after this game we can adjust our expectations for this team anymore. Right. Than what whatever they were coming in. The one thing you can see what you wanted to see in this game. My takeaways were more specific for like certain facets of the team. Um but overall I think it's good that they won by a lot of points because it lets them kind of coast into the bye and not worry about having to answer questions about if they're actually good. Um, but... I think those questions are still around. No? I wasn't going to ask them. Oh. <laughs> You're not going to ask them, are they good? The, the one thing I will give you, Tim, um, is that Northwestern did not play down to Bowling Green's level. And that that was probably the only good thing to come out of this game. I have one other good thing to come out of this game. One other observation. Um, it's Clayton Thorson. He's the starting quarterback for Northwestern football, if you didn't know. And he was very bad against Duke. Um, Fitz would blame the receivers. I Thorson also missed some throws. I would blame the offensive line, but... You can always blame the offensive line for everything <laughs> if, you're, if you try hard enough. But Thorson was not sharp against Duke. It was obvious that 
Duke's ability to get pressure on the pocket rattled him, which is kind of concerning because Northwestern, it's not like Northwestern will never face a good defensive line group again or like a team that can get pressure again, especially with struggles on the offensive line. Um, Thorson was sharp against Bowling Green. Bowling Green didn't really pressure him that much. The thing that was interesting to me, though, was that after watching Daniel Jones tear up Northwestern's defense through the air, but also on the ground, and then watching Clayton Thorson basically never try to use his feet to attack Duke, there were some designed runs and some zone read plays from Northwestern's offense, um, which I thought was interesting. And there was also one play that I noticed later in the game Thorson threw a ball that had no chance of being completed after a rollout, I think, to his right. And then afterwards, running back to the sideline, Fitz yelled at him. And you could make out on the the camera on TV, you could make out him saying, like, you should have run. You could have run for 40 yards. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting to see that be a point of emphasis. Because we know that Thorson can use his feet to make plays, which can be a very dangerous part of this team's offense given that sometimes the other stuff doesn't really work if your quarterback can run that is oftentimes like a good way to get yards when other things aren't going right um but we haven't really seen that this season and generally the thing back to Thorson's first game first game starting against Stanford the big play in that game was Thorson breaking a long touchdown run we haven't really seen that since um so it was interesting to see them go to that. That was his first game? That was his first... That was his debut, right? That was his Against debut. Stanford. He that made a nice debut. first impression. That was his debut game. We haven't really seen that since, not last year, and certainly not this year when Thorson is probably trying, thinking in his head that he needs to keep himself healthy in case the NFL comes calling. <laughs> Week five. Um, it's in, but it, it'll be interesting to see if that is something that is added to this offense in the future. Well, so I think in the past few years, last couple of years, really 2014 last year and this year, the question that comes up is, you know, which, who's the real Northwestern? Will the real Northwestern please stand up? Because they've been so inconsistent and they'll have a good game one week and a bad game the other week. And, you know, they're, they're all over the place. They play up when they play good teams. They play down to their competition when they play bad teams. Um, and I think this year... The defense has sort of consistently looked okay. Is that fair? Across three weeks. Um, Bowling Green's terrible. The, <laughs> the, the, the defense still looked like a little suspect early. They gave up like a, an 81-yard touchdown drive, which was Bowling Green's longest of the year. The defense, you know, I don't know what you guys think. I think the defense has been less varying. The offense has been super, you know, like just quarter to quarter. Like they look really good. When drive to drive. Drive to drive. Um, and they're doing all sorts of different things. Last week they were, you know, against uh, Bone Green, they were running out of, from under center, doing play action pass under center, doing all sorts of crap that, you know, you don't usually see from Northwestern. Um, do you guys agree that this has the potential to be the best Northwestern offense that they've had in a while with Thorson and Jackson? Um, maybe. It's hard to say because Kane Coulter scored like 30 touchdowns by himself pretty much, or like five years ago. Um, would it Might it be the best offense since Kane Coulter? Probably. Um, but I think 
in the Fitzgerald era, they've definitely had better offenses. Right, in the last few years, we'll say. Because yeah. I thought there were flashes against Bone Green of what could be a very good offense. I think until we have more information, there's a possibility that Northwestern will be a team that is a good offense against not as good teams and then a bad offense against good teams. Um, so from that standpoint, in two weeks, the uh, game at Wisconsin will be very interesting to me. Not that Northwestern will necessarily Nobody win. Nobody can score in Wisconsin. Or should expect to win, but if they even manage to make plays. and Because think about last season. Northwestern goes to Ohio State. You would expect they had games last season where their offense was just miserable, couldn't move the ball. But against Ohio State, a team that's ostensibly much more talented than Northwestern is, they were able to score and move the ball. I'm interested in seeing against Wisconsin, like a quality team. Obviously, Wisconsin's defense is very good, and Northwestern shouldn't be favored in that game by any stretch of the imagination. But it'll that'll be the big test if the, the Northwestern's offense is for real. I can show up anywhere against any team, or if it's kind of up and down, can't score against the best. Well, here's my follow-up, I guess. is it? Do you guys think it's the case that, do you agree with basically what I'm saying? Do you think it's the case that Northwestern will go as far as their offense takes them? Yes. I think the defense has, like, a solid baseline of talent. They don't make a ton of plays. A ton of big plays. Not a lot of turnovers. Bowling Green seemed like a team that you could turn over pretty easily. They don't make a ton of big plays, but they're reasonably talented, reasonably disciplined. They're like... Talented in the back half. Probably a top 40-type defense in the country, which isn't enough to win you a game if your offense is terrible, but is certainly enough to win you a game if your offense is playing well. So, the offense is the big question mark, for sure. In my opinion, at least. I would probably agree with that. Um... The question would have to be whether or not if Northwestern goes down early like they did against Duke, can the offense pick up the defense? That was not the case against Duke. It was the case sort of against Nevada and after that. In the Duke game, it was more about the defense picking up the offense. Duke is sort of a challenge for Northwestern because they blitz so much and Northwestern doesn't seem to figure it, you know, know which is curious. To me, that you know, a team that's they definitely struggle with an, the blitz. An offense that's so based on like runs the outside, short passes, screen passes, you know, little hooks on the outside. Why, you know, a team blitzing would present such a problem? But Duke has given Northwestern problems um, with blitzes. Uh, another team that's obviously going to give Northwestern's offense trouble is Wisconsin next uh, after the bye week. Um, the, these this stretch out of the bye week for Northwestern at Wisconsin home against Penn State, at least in my opinion, those are the two best teams in the Big Ten. Um, which do you think is the more, you know, potentially winnable game in a very difficult back-to-back? Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin I, is more winnable. I would say Penn State. I think Wisconsin plays a style where they can just grind Northwestern down. Penn State has won games big, but they have also played nobody this season to date. Um Obviously, they're still good. Um, but I think at home, Penn State's the kind of team that I feel like Northwestern could score on, which I don't feel necessarily feel that way about Wisconsin, which makes the Wisconsin game a difficult, a difficult proposition to win. 
I think Wisconsin would be easier to win just because of the familiarity Northwestern has playing against that system. Uh, Fitz talked a lot about um, leading up to and after the Nevada game, sort of about the unfamiliarity with the coaching staff, given that all the coordinators and the head coach were new, um, and that you saw that it sort of gave them troubles in the first half, where they went down by 10 points until halftime. Um, there are some things where I don't really buy into what Fitz is saying, but I think... Yeah, I think that's it, just excuse me. When it, when, no, no, no. When, I, when it comes to, I think, familiarity with coaching staff, I think Fitz is, Fitz is in the right here. Um, but they're not familiar with Bowling Green either. They beat them by 42 points. <laughs> well, Bowling Green and Wisconsin are two completely different teams. Northwestern plays Wisconsin every year. They've beaten them <clears throat> twice in the last three years while we've been here, uh, once at Camp Randall. So it's not like they can't beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin, though, has been the same team like for my entire life, <laughs> and they play. I mean, right? And Northwestern they has lean on that team teams. twice in the last three right, years. but they lean on teams. I guess the the point that the counterpoint would be everybody knows what Wisconsin is, right. and Wisconsin yeah, still I'm beats sure. almost everybody. Right, and we we Wisconsin. So Northwestern. So our freshman year, Northwestern won. This at would be home. this would be 2014 for those. Yes. <laughs> not, not, yes. keep, not, not keeping track of your. Uh, I am. I am going into my senior year. So is this, going, this starting senior, tomorrow? We are going we're the, back to Trevor Simeon's final season as Northwestern's starter. Um, it was a home game against a ranked Wisconsin team. That was not the best Wisconsin team. That was the worst Wisconsin team that Northwestern's played. I would say two years ago. In that time frame. In uh, in Wisconsin, Northwestern probably should have lost. Probably did lose. Probably did lose. Well, you, they always say the key to success is getting four touchdowns turned over by the <laughs> officials. Questionable, questionable uh, non-catch calls. That's just coaching when it was. That's just yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to beat. It's hard to beat that strategy there. Um, I just think this Wisconsin, Wisconsin team is really good. I think Penn State's vulnerable defensively in relation to Wisconsin, and I think Northwestern's offense is the key to them being competitive in a game. So. I just think it's a better matchup. Shoot, I actually dis- I think that Penn State's better than Wisconsin. Penn State's disgusting. I didn't say Penn State's better than Wisconsin. I think it's a better matchup. I, I well, that was my next point. I think I agree with you. And the one thing I would also say is, in 2015, which was the year that was North the when North, ten and two year, yeah, when Northwestern Wisconsin that was like peak Northwestern Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as good as snowballs thrown at the cheerleaders, as good as at the ref, well, probably one of the best game North best football games Northwestern's played, but also one of the worst. Very ugly football games. <laughs> uh, uh, Northwestern got very lucky and got off to a really good start. And you know, uh, That Northwestern team was perfectly built to beat Wisconsin because they Wisconsin could, like, they couldn't move the ball on Northwestern without turning the ball over because that Northwestern defense was, you know, sh- shut down defense backs and, you know, really opportunistic defense. I, I think that Wisconsin hasn't changed since then. Northwestern has. Um, and that concerns me. I think that this that matchup could look a lot more like last year's, where the North, Northwestern might throw the ball fifty or sixty times. It, it, what was the final score of last year's game? Twenty-one seven. Twenty-one seven. But what I think is interesting, looking back, I'm look, I just pulled up the box score. Is Thorson threw the ball fifty-two times. Northwestern ran the ball thirteen times. They just couldn't run the ball. Um, and you know, Thorson's a lot better than he was last year. Maybe, maybe, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully for Northwestern. That, I mean, I think that's what it would take it. And I think Wisconsin's Wisconsin was very good last year. I think this is Wisconsin Penn State 
I think are both very scary teams. The reason I like Penn State better as a matchup is basically what you said, which is that, you know, I could very easily see North, Northwestern Penn State turning into a shootout. Um, Northwestern could conceivably, if Thorson's engaged and playing well, they could score 35 right. points. I would like State. to see Penn State play someone I difficult ex- first to I- see what... Because they, they were surprisingly good last year. The last time Northwestern faced Penn State, they faced a Christian Hackenberg-led team with a revolving door of an offensive line where Hackenberg couldn't do anything. Literally, Northwestern somehow pulled that game out because I I don't remember everything. You're talking about the one at Ryan Field. At Ryan Field in 2015. I will say... Jack Mitchell had a game-winning field goal. But that team is so different now than it was two years ago. That was the Zach Oliver game. He threw for 111 yards in place of the injured Thorson, right? But go on, sorry. Right, yeah. But just Northwestern doesn't know what they're going to get with Penn State. So I think it's a a much more unpredictable matchup. Yeah, but I think unpredictable is good for Northwestern. (laughs) Um, Northwestern trying to pull the upset. I will say the key to the the game against Wisconsin... There are a lot of people that agree with you about this government, so... Yeah, this is definitely a, a split decision. Generally, I would say the key. I can I can see arguments from both sides. Both sides are persuasive to me. The key to the game against Wisconsin, in my mind, for Northwestern, and kind of the key to their upside defensively, is the defensive line, um, which I feel hasn't been particularly scary or intimidating over the the, uh, the first three games of the season here. Northwestern's. I don't think Northwestern's linebackers are good enough to stop the run consistently if nope. Wisconsin can get, can get to the second level. No, I, I agree with the you. The defensive line will be crucial to making sure Wisconsin can't just run the ball 40 times and just grind Northwestern down until it'll, it's a nice, fine purple powder and then score a touchdown. Interesting to see how Hankowitz plays that, though, because yeah. I think the defensive backs will be, you know, Godwin's going to be right behind nose There's, only, there's only so much you can do when. It, like when your defensive line is not penetrating. Right. On the contrary, Northwestern has beaten Wisconsin in the past when they have a running back run for 250 yards in Melvin Gordon. Wisconsin is probably the better now. Possibly. Possibly. True. We'll see. We'll they, see. They have, I mean, they have be- when Melvin Gordon ran for 250 yards three years ago, Northwestern did win that game. Thanks to, who was it? Was it Joel Stave's interceptions? Without the name Joel Stave is is a great Wisconsin quarterback, but yes, a classic. He threw, <laughs> he threw many uh, many interceptions in that game, leading to a and memorable rushing of the field. Godwin had three. Uh, Godwin and Gubuke had, yes, had three. Then a freshman. Um, that was his breakout game. Now he's now he's no safeties in yeah in the country headed to the NFL very likely. Um, so we we're split on that. Um, but I think we can all agree that Bowling Green was Northwestern's best performance of the year, yes? Uh, by default, maybe? Yes, by, by default. I would, I would agree that this game has very little meaning, except for it's better to be 2-1 and one if you're looking at bowl eligibility. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. The real, the real test comes after the bye, for sure. That's why we'll find out what kind of team. Certainly a big t- test coming after the bye on September 30th against Wisconsin. I may be on an island. I think that the Bowling Green, when you can take 
something out of it about this Northwestern team. And I'm a lot more confident in this team winning eight or nine games than after than, you know, after the Duke game. So that is our podcast. You've been listening to the Daily Northwestern's Max Gellman, Max Schumann, I'm Tim Bulk. Subscribe to our thing. Is that, you know, what I'm supposed to say? Something like that. Do what you will. Um, <laughs> Northwest. The self-promotion. The self-promotion here is just truly, truly breathtaking, Tim. Well, <laughs> well get home safe. We're on um, iTunes, etc., etc. Northwestern's 2-1. Going into the bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right, well, let's get home safe.